I had a personal experience where my younger brother got into a car accident without having any health insurance, and I had to sign him up for um, Medicaid in Tennessee, which is called TenCare. Um, the process was terrible, um, really super confusing, and really drilled home to me how um, for people in the U.S., insurance is not just something separate from healthcare. It is actually integral to our ability to access healthcare. Welcome to Startup Health Now, the podcast where we celebrate the entrepreneurs and innovators reimagining the future of health. I'm your host, Logan Plaster. This week on the podcast, we're talking to Joseph Schneier, the CEO and co-founder of Trustee Care, a company that joined Startup Health in 2018. Joseph holds a special place here at Startup Health because he's not only a four-time serial entrepreneur, but he's heading up his second Startup Health-backed company. This latest endeavor, Trustee Care, is a platform that makes sense out of the Byzantine world of Medicaid and Medicare benefits. It's not flashy work, which Joseph is the first to admit in our interview, but therein lies the opportunity for impact, the opportunity to build a better infrastructure for health, the pipes and roads that make health insurance a more palatable, dare I say, patient-centric experience. Trustee Care is making waves in the Medicaid Medicare benefits market, and in our interview, we pull back the curtain on that recent success and get a glimpse of what Joseph is planning next. Stick around. Joseph Schneier, CEO and co-founder of Trustee Care, thanks so much for joining me today for this conversation for Startup Health. Happy to be here. You know, you uh, fill a unique role in the Startup Health portfolio because not only are you a serial healthcare entrepreneur, but you are a two-time startup health entrepreneur and founder. Uh, you know, I think 2013, you launched Cognotion to help uh, train young people to enter the elder care workforce. And then just a few years ago, you founded Trusty Care, which is what we're talking about today, a company that, in addition to other things, kind of demystifies Medicare benefits. Um, so let me start with your origins, because a lot of entrepreneurs would say, it was plenty of work just to run the one startup. And so what inspired you about the complexities and the challenges of Medicare benefits that you said, you know what, let's do this whole startup thing all over again? Um, well, this is also my fourth go around uh, running a startup. So I've, I've uh, been around so the So you're block. glutton for punishment. <laughs> There's something obviously going on okay. with me. Um, what is that? <laughs> I, I really enjoy solving problems uh, and uh, looking for ways um, to address complex challenges through the vehicle of a startup. So, um, but specifically related to, to trustee care, um, I have been running a company, Cognotion, uh, and that was addressing this workforce challenge of hiring for the elder care space. Um, but practically speaking, one of the things that happened during uh, Cognotion is I was going all over the country to skilled nursing facilities and was able to see what life was like for people as they approached end of life, um, especially related to their healthcare costs, how they had navigated um, risk related to healthcare costs during retirement um, and saw that it was like, for the most part, people felt really challenged about how to, how to manage that on their own. And um, so this was something that I was observing for a couple of years. Um, and then I had a personal experience where my younger brother got into a car accident without having any health insurance. And I had to sign him up for um, Medicaid in Tennessee, which is called TenCare. Um, the process was 
terrible, um, really super confusing, and really drilled home to me how um, for people in the U.S., insurance is not just something separate from healthcare. It is actually integral to our ability to access healthcare, and um, that it has to be part of the conversation around digital health is how we afford healthcare. Um, so. You said, you said terrible and confusing for someone who just isn't in that market. Give me some specifics as to what somebody comes up against. Um, so picture it this way. Let we'll talk about Medicare for a second. You know, you hit 65 um, and all of a sudden, instead of having employer based insurance where your employers saying, hey, you've got to choose between four to six different plans, confusing in and of itself. But you know, it's a constrained universe of choices. Um, instead, you're faced with dozens of different plans in a given region where you're living with very little um, assistance into how and why you should make your choices. But the repercussions for making the wrong choice can be devastating to people financially. And it's it's just kind of a black box in general. Um, and so like if I asked you today to go and figure out which Medicare health plan you would get if you had to get one today, I can guarantee you, you are not going to make the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm not going to enjoy the process. I'm going to yeah. loathe the entire experience. Uh, and then on top of that, ad adding insult to injury, I'm going to make a mistake. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's almost impossible not to. Uh, how, how did you gain the specialized knowledge needed to solve a problem like that? The whole point of the challenge is its complexity and, and you're coming from a different market, unless I'm uh, mistaken, you're not coming from having 20 years of Medicare benefits experience. So how did you think about solving such a complex challenge? Anytime, anytime I've entered into a new market, I whatever the new challenge is, the first thing that I always do is, uh, well, really two things. First, I try to recruit advisors from the space that really, really know the problem backwards and forwards that have been living and breathing it for 20, 30 years themselves. Um, and take the time to ask the questions that, um, and sit with the, the problem for an extended period of time. Um, and uh, And then the second thing is, making sure that you are um, talking to any of the stakeholders that are involved in the problem. So I think it's really easy for us to um, look at things just from one vantage point of the problem. So in this particular instance, we spent a lot of time talking to people from the carrier side about what their challenges were, as well as to people from the consumer side, and then also all the people that are trying to sell these types of plans um, and uh, went really deep into it. And it did take a long, time. It took us about 18 months to really get a handle on where all the pipelines of data was flowing and money was flowing. And um, But it was worth it. Uh, I haven't spent the time doing that. In general, I'm, I'm guessing this is the case with you just because the nature of the challenges that you go after. Um, do you feel like in entrepreneurship, the greater the challenge, the greater, the higher the wall, the greater the opportunity? Um. Not necessarily. I, I don't necessarily think that uh, just because there's a big challenge, there's necessarily a large monetary opportunity. Um, I do, I I personally really like to go after spaces where there's a big challenge because it tends to be less congested with other companies competing for that space. Yeah. Um, and so I, it gives you a little bit more 
freedom and space to explore the problem and figure it out without having people right on your heels. Um, yeah. Uh, which, um, yeah, I, I think that's probably yeah. gives you a little bit of breathing room. Um, it gives you a differentiator, a differentiation right off the bat. Um, right. So walk me through the Trusty Care product itself. Um, I understand the users would be a, a broker or an insurer themselves, right? So mm -hmm. kind of walk me through the user experience. Yeah. So uh, what we realized in starting the company is that um, the best way to solve this for consumers was to build a platform that was used by health insurance brokers, the administrators, um, whether or not they work independently or for a health insurance carrier. So these are either captive brokers or independent brokers. Um, and they live and breathe uh, their entire business within our platform. So um, everything from how they, how and what they sell, how they sell it, how they um, are uh, maintain compliance, uh, how they get paid, how they pay, um, all of those core sales functions happen within the platform. So it's got, um, it has the ability to support the admin, marketing teams, sales teams, um, who all are logging in for to fulfill whatever their role is in this sales process. Um, so if you're an individual broker, you uh, wake up, you get into the office and um, log into the application. And through the application, you're able to both communicate with your customers, attract new customers, quote, enroll them into a new plan. Um, so it's really fulfilling all of your job functions. So that makes sense on the sort of workflow platform side, but what about sort of translating the complexity of plans? Um, how do you accomplish that? Uh, it's a lot of data. <laughs> so uh, the, the way practically speaking that works is a consumer has the ability to log in uh, to their own login. Um, they can transmit information over to the broker about themselves, so self-reported data about their health preferences, well-being. Um, they also can sync in their claims or EMR data into the system. Um, so we take in all sorts of data on the consumer. Um, we already have preloaded into the system every single uh, health plan uh, that is available in the country for um, Medicare, um, uh, marketplace plans, and ancillary products. Um, and so the, the data comes in from the consumer. The broker may also take in data from the consumer over the phone. Um, then it calculates out based on, based on the data and based on the consumer's preferences what is the best uh, plan for that individual. Good. And our initial ranking is always like, what is the lowest financial impact with the most coverage? Got um, it. Yeah. Got it. What has your market response been like and what's your recent traction? Yeah, I mean, it, this is a market that is really competitive right now um, for our customers. Um, so there is high demand for products that can improve sales enablement um, and especially improve not only the process to sell, but ensuring that you match the right risk profile individual with the right type of health plan so that the individual is much more likely to be able to stay with that plan because they're more fulfilled with the plan itself. And so the, the response has been uh, great. Um, in the uh, broker side of the world, there are only three companies that operate in that space. We have a pretty strong um, like pretty large traction. We've got about 50,000 uh, professionals that use the system to Whoa. run their businesses. Uh, carrier side also um, getting 
uh, a lot of demand on that side to improve their sales enablement as well. Do you feel like, you know, something that that I find interesting about trustee care is that it's really building the infrastructure of health. I think we've described this in the past as the, the pipes and the roads of, of health care to get down into the weeds of enabling insurance coverage. Do you think that there are more opportunities in in the mundane, in the in the infrastructure than in the sort of flashier elements of health innovation? I wish there were more companies that would spend time delving into what's happening um, behind the scenes in healthcare. This uh, mundane work to me is where some of the most exciting things that have the broadest uh, ability to change um, individual people's lives, but but also the system reduce unnecessary spend uh, are located, is sort of digging into how the system actually functions. Um, and uh, yeah, I think there's there are opportunities galore in solving problems on that side of the house. Are there any specific uh, problems that you would love to see a, a a good founder solve that are kind of under the hood, behind the curtain, whatever metaphor you want to use, uh, that are more infrastructure? Yeah, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges in this sector is um, I integrations with health insurers um, and their uh, each of these systems operates somewhat differently um, but they all need similar types of data um, but so like similar types of data needs to flow between a um, startup and the health insurer in order to accomplish solving these problems I would love to see a startup that handles um, being sort of that interstitial layer between startups and the carrier, um, sort of similar to the way Plaid does um, on um, the financial institutions and yeah. not related to EMR data, which is where a lot of um, companies are focused, but related to the data that is powering health insurers, which is more uh, claims data and that those types of data sets. Interesting, okay, so uh, payer data integration. Um, I want to switch gears for a minute. You said you are a four-time uh, entrepreneur uh, in healthcare for the whole period. Uh, my first two companies were in educational technology. Educational, um, okay. So ed tech yeah. for two companies, and then Cognotion and Trustee Care. So four-time entrepreneur. Uh, how would you describe yourself as a CEO? What's your leadership style? Um, I would say my leadership style is that I think that. Each, each individual in the company is there for a specific reason. I happen to be the CEO because of specific job functions that are required at a company. But from my perspective, each person who's there is like on equal standing to fulfill whatever their job role is. Um, and so I try to create an environment where people know no matter what their background is, uh, a immigrant born in the US, uh, high level of education, not um, conservative, liberal, that they have a place to work with us as long as they um, can get the work done. <laughs> so yeah. that's a big uh, informing piece of how we're running the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a big piece of that is building your team. Obviously, we're in a, a period of a very competitive job market for um, for the kinds of workers that you might be looking for. Do you have a philosophy of, of hiring and sort of how you think about competing for talent? Um, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that we did early on is uh, lay the groundwork for um, building a really diverse company. So uh, 
what that has happened, like how that's helped us in hiring is that it means that we're tapping into um, additional pools of talent that you might not typically get access to. So we're not um, confined to just, to just like who we typically would be working with um, and are able to broaden out to other um, other networks that we I think we wouldn't have been in, in contact with if we hadn't had such a diverse team. Yeah, give me an example. What do you mean by that? Uh, so, for instance, like um, we um, have been hiring a lot in, uh, let's say, for example, women in uh, the southeast of the U.S. I don't live in the southeast. It's not like uh, I don't spend time there. But those women know other women around where they live and are mm. have invited their friends to come and interview to work with us. So it's like even something as just as simple as that um, has opened up new new networks by just expanding out like your like where you're going. Uh, how big is your team? Uh, we're thirty one people um, okay. and are hiring. <laughs> so. uh, what uh, fully remote? Uh, we have an office in New York that nobody comes to, so we are now fully remote. <laughs> um, how do you think about maintaining company culture in a fully remote work environment? You know, I think that this is a challenge that companies like ours are going to be working on for the next couple of years. Um, but we do try to make time and space for people to connect, not work-related, um, at least like once every two weeks uh, as an entire group and then and more frequently for the um, smaller groups. Um, and I, and, but it's a challenge. It's a, it's a challenge to have people remember each other's humanity when you don't sit next to the person all day long, um, for sure. Yeah. What, what roles are you hiring for? We're currently hiring a chief revenue officer looking for somebody who's got a lot of experience uh, selling into the carrier market um, and a, um, a executive vice president to support that role. Those are, that's like the most critical. Um, also looking for uh, some people on the dev team, but that's, I think, just all the time. All the <laughs> so. time. Yep. Yep. I hear that a lot. Uh, what are you most excited about, about what's around the corner for trustee care? Just looking at the next six to 12 months. Um, the thing that I am the most excited about is we're building an extension to our product. So like as soon as somebody purchases a health plan, this is a product that helps them to understand how to use their plan effectively. And I'm really excited about leveraging the touch point we have with brokers um, to be able to reach um, tens of thousands of consumers to help them to navigate their health plan from the moment that they purchase a plan. Um, and I think it's been a really missing element uh, in the health space has been overlooking that you have all of these people out there that have contact with consumers that could be providing them with really detailed um, information about health na navigation. You know, I was just writing yesterday a piece uh, that involved some of the data around the exploding number of individuals over 65, over 75, over 85, just our, the aging of our population. And, and you, you live and breathe those numbers. Uh, and I wonder if you feel like the industry as a whole appreciates, fully appreciates kind of what's coming and what's going to be needed on the workforce side and on the, te the technology side to really care for the number of elderly individuals that we're going to have in 10, 20, 30 years and already have. 
yeah, I think it's it's not only um, not only do I think that that audience is often overlooked, but um, we touch uh, Medicaid, um, so low income individuals as well as people who are of marketplace plans, so gig economy workers. The total number of people that are getting their primary medical insurance, there's one of these government connected plans is almost 150 million Americans. And it's definitely an overlooked space where there is a, a lot of opportunity and a lot of need for um, people to provide tools that are targeted uh, towards those like gig economy workers, low income individuals, people over the age of 65. And um, yeah, I keep hoping that, I mean, there are more companies than ever that are focused on that space, but there's a lot more that could be done. Yeah, yeah, well, um... I'm glad that you're in that market. And uh, Joseph, I, I, I think that what you're building is, is going to do a lot of good for a lot of people. So I appreciate you taking the time with me today. Appreciate you uh, just working on your fourth startup and continuing to try to find big problems to solve uh, here in healthcare and, and elsewhere. And uh, I'm going to be watching closely to see what you build next. Thanks. Uh, it's great talking to you today. All right. Take care. Be well. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. Startup Health invests in health transformers around the world who are dedicated to achieving audacious health moonshots. If you want to learn how you can join this community of entrepreneurs, or if you want to connect with one of our 400 companies, go to StartupHealth.com. If you'd like to learn how you can invest in our Health Moonshot Impact Fund, go to HealthMoonshots.com. Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. We'll be back again with another episode next week.